ready. I don't know. Are we? Yeah. You need one of what? You need a Bible? Yeah, you do. Where's your Bible? I don't know should where it is. Should we wait on it? <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Did you already pack it? Still in your bag? <laughs> what? You're always packed way in advance. Don't be yelling. All right, let's do this, y'all. Come on. Come on. Boy, you can tell that you can tell that camp is in the air. Right. All right, ready? And thank God I'm healed. We are healed. Come on. Ready? This is this, my this is Bible. one, two, one, two, three. <laughs> this, this is my Bible. Bible. It is always true and the final authority. My Bible is God talking to me. I read this word daily. I meditate on this word day and night. This word is rooted and grounded in my heart. This word feeds and grows my spirit. Therefore, my flesh does not control me. I walk according to the spirit. I am a child of God. I have the mind of Christ. God's thoughts are my thoughts. God's words are my words. God's actions are my actions. I am a doer of the word. Glory to God. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be back in the house. Last week, uh, Pastor Mike was under attack physically, but he's healed now. Glory to God. And uh, Miss Ann and I were in Branson with Brother Randy, and ooh, it was good meetings. Praise the Lord. They were so good. It was good to be refreshed and to be renewed. And uh, so that's good. Miss Stacy's joining us online tonight amongst others. So Miss Stacy, greetings. We love you. Uh, and we, uh, we uh, miss having you in the house, but we understand why you're not here. And thank God uh, that you are able to get online. And uh, praise God. Well, we're going to continue in our study of the book of Revelations tonight. Revelation. Um, that's a hard habit to break when you figure out that it's not the book of Revelations, but the book of Revelation. Uh, that's a hard habit to break. Uh, but praise the Lord. Um, we are uh, going to pick up in chapter 12. Let me remind you about chapter 11 where we left off. Chapter 11, uh, John had another vision at the beginning of chapter 11, and we uh, saw that in this revelation, uh, or in this vision, that he gives a very brief description of what's going to be happening in, in and around uh, Jerusalem and the Israelite nation uh, during the seven years of tribulation. We get a very short synopsis. Um, remember, prior in the prior chapters, we talked about what was going to be happening globally, that there would be floods, there would be uh, demonic influences, heavy demonic attacks in the world, uh, there would be earthquakes and fires and volcanoes and, partic- and, po- and possibly meteor showers and all kinds of natural disasters going on, um, and that uh, the nations of the world would be influenced by what was happening in Israel, but Israel and um, was not only going to have what the world was going to be having, but they were also going to have uh, their own special 
situations going on directly there in Jerusalem. We talked about the two prophets uh, or the two witnesses of God that were going to be there in Jerusalem for the first three and a half years. Um, and then uh, the beast or Satan uh, would be released and uh, he would kill them uh, and leave them dead for what could be three and a half days or the full three and a half years. Uh, but either way, at the end of the three and a half, God was going to raise them up publicly. And, publicly and that 90% of the people in Jerusalem at that time would actually be saved. You know, the Bible says that, that uh, 7,000 would, would die, and that dying is not physical death, but spiritual death. You know, and 7,000 sounds like a lot. Uh, but when it says that it was only a tenth of the people, then that means 90% of the people uh, received Jesus. So that's good news. Amen. Uh, so praise the Lord. And then Jesus comes back and he establishes his kingdom and he begins to rule over the nations of the world. Um, and they don't like it because they've lost control. Uh, and Jesus is now ruling with an iron rod. Uh, and that's contradictory to what we hear today because what we hear today is Jesus' love. He loves everybody. He accepts everybody. He receives everybody. Doesn't matter how they live. Doesn't matter how they behave. Jesus just accepts whatever they do as long as they accept him. Well, that's not true. The Bible is very clear. Uh, we've gone over the scriptures multiple times in the past. Uh, you know, we, you know, sometime, I guess it was a year and a half, maybe two years ago. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, but I actually, we actually did a series, and we went through 11 scriptures, 11 very clear scriptures that, that made it very clear that the adulterer, the fornicator, the idolater, the person that operates in witchcraft, uh, that, also, that witchcraft means substance abuses. Uh, it also means in, in the black magic arts and divination and things like that, uh, the partiers, the rebellious ones the uh, cursors and the liars. Now, I'm talking about the ones that this is their habitual habit. This is their purposeful habitual habit. And these were the believers. But this was their, their habitual habit, even though they claimed to know Jesus, was to work sin, that they didn't inherit the kingdom of God, no. that they weren't going out of here in the rapture. Uh, so we've talked about that before. Um, when it says that Jesus is going to rule with an iron rod, what he means is is that what God says is what he says. Amen. It means that we don't that this gray living that we do today, this well, you can't tell big lies, but little lies are okay. Well, adultery's not right unless you have a good ground to do it on. You know, if your spouse isn't paying enough attention to you or not taking care of you or doing whatever, if your spouse isn't living up to your standards and adultery's okay, that gray living, well, it's okay to drink as long as you don't get drunk. You know, uh, tipsy, tips, tips, being tipsy will get you into heaven, being drunk won't. You know, that type of behavior. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. This is not the truth, of course. I'm just saying, and I'm not saying, I'm saying that's what people will teach you. And that's what a lot of people think. That's believe. what a lot of people think. A lot of people think 
that I can live gray that because man says it's okay, God's going to agree with it. That's not true. What it means when he says he's going to rule with an iron with a with a iron rod is basically black's going to be black and white's going to be white and I'm not talking racial. I'm talking biblical law. If God says don't lie and you lie, it don't matter if it's small, little, it doesn't matter if you lie to spare somebody's feelings or not, you lied, that's against the law. Period. Period. Like we saw with Ananias and Sapphira this week. That's right. Uh, when, that's the kind of stuff that's yeah. that'll probably go on. In healing school, we looked at Ananias and Sapphira, and uh, remember they came in. Uh, they had they said, "Oh, we're going to sell our property and we're going to give all." Well, the indication is they got more for the property than they had planned to get, and so instead of giving all like they said, they only gave what they thought they were going to get, and they lied to the church about it. And so they got called in, and Peter inquired about it, and uh, they said, yeah, we gave all, and guess what? Dead. 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 Uh, so what is that? That's, a iron, that's that iron rod. A lie is a lie. Doesn't matter how big, how small. Drunk is drunk. Guess what? Tipsy is drunk. Have you seen those signs on the highway? Buzzed driving is drunk driving. Well, guess what? Buzzed drinking is drunk drinking, according to God. Uh, you know, and I'm not being me. Listen, if you're online and you drink, don't say, well, I can't go to that church. No, come on into the church. We're not going to beat up on you, but we're going to expect you to change over time. We're going to expect you to change over time. When I came into the church, when Michael came into the church, when Men's Stan came to the church, we were a drinking family. But guess what? God dealt with us, and he dealt with us one at a time. Yep. I was the first one. Michael, no, mom was this, well, I don't know. You guys were somewhere close in the same vicinity. Close to the same vicinity. How, how many of y'all been, here been disciplined with a switch? Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. Now, I'm quite sure that at the time, you didn't think there was any love in that. Yeah, that's right. But can you imagine if your parents had disciplined you with an iron rod? That switch was the love. That Come switch on. was love, yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Broomstick, flip flop, hairbrush, pancake flipper, it all counts. Pancake flipper, pancake flipper, spatula, whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> whatever it was, whatever, whatever was handy. Woo, come on. Yeah, my mom too, whatever was handy. <laughs> whatever was handy. I know Derek got the flip flop more than once. <laughs> Woo, come on. Mom was partial to ping pong paddles. I'll tell you a funny story. I found this out. I found this out. They didn't mind buying Michael and his brother those balls on a string with a paddle. They said, yeah, let them have them. And then when they broke the string, they became Mama's paddle. <laughs> I said, huh. <laughs> yeah, you want one of those? You'd think those boys would have figured it out. I don't know if you did or not. But Y'all know that God says that he corrects those, those whom, whom he loves. loves. And, Glory and to God. Right now, he's, right now he's correcting That's with right. a switch, That's right. basically. That's right. You know, he's being gentle about it. There's flexibility to it. Yes. You have the opportunity to, to repent to and repent. get it right. Later uh, on, it's not going to be so as easy. All right. So, so now we're going to pick up in chapter 12. And in chapter 12, we begin to get some details about what's going to happen in Jerusalem 
and uh, in the in um, the Israelite nation, the Jewish nation during these seven years. Uh, so let's we'll pick up and we'll read um, for a little bit, and then we'll make some commentary along the way. Oh, well, I guess we ought to pray. Never did even pray. Well, let's pray. Isn't it good? You, you know, you just come prayed up, then you don't even think to pray. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. Oh, Father, we're just, we're so happy to be in the house, Lord. We're so excited to be with you. Father, we lift you up. We lift up holy hands and we say, holy, holy, holy are you. Father, we don't want to, we don't want to fail to give you worship and praise before we just start pulling on the spirit. Father, for it's your goodness and your kindness to us that draws us together, that draws us into the house that we may learn from you and come to know you, Father. And, Father, even though we're looking uh, to the book of Revelation and we're looking at those things which are to come, Father, we ask that you give us a spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge. Father, your word tells us that when it comes to this book that we're to read it, that we're to receive it into our hearts, receive it uh, with a spiritual eye, and that, Father, um, that we're to carry it and keep it in our hearts. So, Lord, that's what we're endeavoring to do. And so, Father, as we read this, help us to have an understanding of the things that have been, the things that are, and the things that are coming down the road. Give us ability. Father, give us enough wisdom, revelation, and understanding that we can give an answer to every man that asks, in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. Glory to God. Um, as I've said, as we've studied this, you really need to go back. In order to really understand Revelation better, you have to go back and you have to read the book of Daniel. And, and, and it doesn't hurt to read the book of Ezekiel either uh, because they prophesied a lot of things that are talked about in the book of Revelation. Um, and when you put the two of them together, it kind of makes things easier. Uh, but for the sake of time, we're just going to kind of tie it together. And then in your own study time, you can go back and read it. So let's pick up right here in Revelation 12, verse 1. And let's begin to read. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun. And the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. All right, let's talk about who this woman is right off the bat. Many times in the Bible, when it refers to a woman, it doesn't necessarily mean a human. Uh, we see this very popular, this is very well seen in the book of Proverbs and some in the book of Psalms uh, when he talks about wisdom. Uh, when they, when Solomon talks about wisdom, when David talks about, when Solomon and David talk about understanding, it refers to wisdom as a woman or understanding as a woman. In uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah, really in Jeremiah, you see it a lot. Uh, it talks about the church um, being a harlot or a whore, uh, uh, based off of their behaviors towards God. So, uh, so when you see in the scriptures that it says um, a woman doesn't necessarily every time mean a physical person. And that's the case here. It says that there appeared a great wonder or a sign in heaven. 
In other words, uh, we know that um, here John is having a revelation. We know that he's caught up in the spirit. And the best way that he can describe what he's looking at is to give this per- to give what he's looking at uh, a kind of a personal feel type situation. So he says, uh, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet. Well, we know that uh, Jesus is often referred to as the sun or the light of God. So this woman is a is probably um, has to, is probably has something to do with heaven. The moon under her feet, that's a footstool. We know that Jesus uh, has, uh, the, that the world was made his footstool. So we understand that. And then it says, and upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. Now we know in Revelations chapter 1, verse 20, that the stars uh, that were in Jesus' hand were the, the, many translations call them, were the angels. In our study, we proved out and showed out that that word actually means messengers. And in that verse, it was the pastors that represented the 12 or the seven churches. Here, the 12 stars represent the head of the 12 tribes or represents the 12 tribes. Uh, Having a crown on her head would show total authority, dominion, or rule. So this woman has total dominion, authority, or rule um, over these 12 stars. So what really what he's talking about here is he's talking about Israel, the nation. Israel, the nation is what he's talking about. And he's talking about Israel, the nation from the beginning or the foundation of the nation all the way back to Abraham. Because remember, Abraham had Isaac who had Jacob whose name was changed to Israel, and then he had the 12 sons. So going all the way back, so he, what, he's, what is he talking about? He's talking about the nation of God is who he's talking about, the nation or the kingdom of God is who this woman is. So let's keep going. All right. And she being with child, cried, travailing in birth. And pained to be delivered. How much do you know Israel travailed all through the Old Testament? How much do you know they, were, they started off in bondage in, in Egypt. Um, and then they went into the desert. And then after they got through the desert, after Moses died, Joshua and Caleb took the promised land. Then they came under, under the travailing of the judges. And then they came under the travailing of the kings. And then they were... How much do you know Israel uh, lost their nation in 1948? Israel became a nation again. But even now, they're still just dispersed and just under pressure. They've still travailed. All through history, this nation has uh, very much so been like a woman uh, travailing in birth, having laborious pains, having difficulties. How much do you know that's true? And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven crowns upon his heads. Okay, so this one's not hard to figure out. What is the great red dragon? 
And when it comes to the Bible, if you hear great red dragon, what do you automatically think of? Satan. Satan. Exactly. Exactly. Notice that he called that this said that he was great. That's a, that indicates that he's a strong uh, spiritual being. He's massive. He's big. He's strong. Now, here's something that was really cool that I never considered until we were studying this out. Every time it talks about the dragon, it indicates that he's red. That's the indication, but the indicate, but when you look at it, knowing that these are all types and shadows, this red indicates a nature of Satan, which we often associate red with murder, with murder. So the, the indication is that this red is an indication that Satan has a murderous nature about him or an, it has a great enemy, huh? No, we are not. Listen, listen. We don't get into this third world. We don't get into this auras and all that. That's demonic stuff. We're talking about the truth. What he's trying to describe to us is this creature that he saw, this sign, this wonder that he saw. Angry, that's another one. Isn't anger what? Well, if you control, Jesus said it's not a sin to get angry. But there's such an, there's what's called, there's what, when anger drives you to the point of action, when anger drives you to the point of murdering somebody, that's what you call wrath and, or, or, in, or enmity. And Satan very much so has wrath and enmity, not just toward God, but toward all of mankind. Why? Because we as humans hold a position that only Satan could dream to hold. See, Satan wanted to be uh, equal to Jesus. Satan wanted not only to be equal, but he wanted to be above him. And through the loving kindness of, of Jesus, through Jesus' sacrifice, we've been made equal to Jesus. Through him and in him. And therefore, Satan hates us because we hold a position that he's never been able to hold. Never been able to hold. So Satan has a very murderous intent towards us. This is why Miss Ann and, and Linda, when they go into the jail, they're very honest with the women. And they, and they tell them continually, Satan has been trying to kill you since the day you were conceived. I think if we all look back at our life, we can see points where we were attacked as small children, even in the womb. Why? Satan has always tried to destroy the children. Remember uh, when uh, Jesus was born and he was about the age, they estimated he was about the age of two, that, that the Satan moved upon Herod and Herod uh, was sent his soldiers into the area where they thought Jesus was born and killed all of the children at the age of two or or less. Remember, um, remember in in Egypt, one of the plagues that came against uh, against the 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 Egyptians. Remember, the firstborn child was killed. It was the it was the the, the, the angel of death. Who do you think the angel of death is? Satan. Satan. Now, did God send in the angel of death? No. He just removed his hand of protection off of the Egyptians. Why? Because the Egyptians were sacrificing their children in worship. So God 
Guess what? Guess what? Guess what we're doing today in this world? We're sacrificing our children through abortion. That's why this, why this abortion law has got to be broken. Yeah, and selling them in, selling children into sex trade. It's the same thing. So you got, Satan is always after you, even from your birth. He has a very murderous nature. And then, of course, the dragon, another way we could say this is a serpent, this is not a little, you have to understand, this is a type and shadow. Satan is not a dragon like you see in Hollywood with the whole, you know, you, if you watch old, the old um, night like Merlin and old shows like that, and people are fascinated with dragons. But the dragon is a type and shadow, a descriptive turn of Satan. Uh, it's a, he's a serpent. Uh, and then now notice it says having seven heads and ten horns. What are the seven heads and what are the ten horns? The indication from the scriptures, even going back to Daniel chapter 7, uh, what the indication is, is the seven um, heads refer to nations or governments of the world. Uh, um, so there were seven great, the indication here is it is in in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, there were seven nations that Satan had rule over. Uh, the Roman Empire would be one of them. Many, many, many people believe that the Roman Empire uh, it was one of the head of the nations of Satan in the Old. Uh, another nation would be the nation of Babel uh, is another nation. Uh, what was then Ephesus? Uh, which is now uh, Turkey, was another one of the nations that was just so incredibly ruled by pagans and ruled the areas. And ten horns, many people, many theologians believe that the ten horns indicate that, that Satan or the dragon, when he comes in these seven years, uh, in the seven years, that there will be ten nations that will pull together uh, to that the that Satan will rule over. Now, rather it's there's seven that he's ruled over through all of history, and he adds uh, to that three more during these seven years. I don't know, but the indication is is that there's a region of nations that Satan dominates from behind the scenes. That's what that's what this is talking about. And how do we know that? It says, and he has seven crowns upon his head. Anytime that you see that this, has, that, this being, that a being has a crown, it means that they have authority, dominion, and power. In other words, they have full jurisdiction of the government. So uh, it more than likely what's going to happen is Satan is going to have, my opinion, is Satan's going to have seven nations that he's going to have total rule over, and then the other three nations are going to kind of come in line behind him. But there's going to be seven that he's going to absolutely rule over because he has seven crowns. Okay. So let's keep reading. All right. <clears throat> and his tail drew the third part, whoops, excuse me, verse 3. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. And behold, a great... All right, I guess I... No, keep going. This, that's okay. good. And behold, a great red dragon having 
having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And so, so what? So generally, I'm sorry. So basically, basically, what's in heaven is the nation of is God's nation and Satan's nation. You've got two nations. Is basically what it's telling us. All right. Right. And both nations have an impact on the natural world. Let's go. And Verse his four. tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. All right. So how many of the angels came, fell with Satan? Third. How many of the angels were drew by his tail? That's what it says. It says, in his tail drew a third part of the stars, messengers, remember, messengers, of where? Of heaven. Of heaven. Where are the, who are the messengers of heaven? The angels. The angels. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. The messengers of heaven are the angels. So he, so this dragon, with his tail, with his power, he, he pulled a third of the stars, a third of the angels, to where? To the earth. So where are the fallen angels today? On the earth, just like Satan. Hmm, I wonder where the demons came from. Now, now there, is some, there is some discrepancy here on whether this happened, what, what they're talking about here happened when Satan was cast down originally or if this is something that's going to come in the future because this is a prophecy. All right. But you've got to read the whole thing in context to get the full picture. Exactly. All right. And, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. So what child is this? And verse Wait. 5. And she brought forth a man-child who was to do what? Rule the nations with what? With a rod of iron. Who, who's supposed to rule all nations with a rod of iron? Jesus. Jesus. So who is the child? Jesus. Jesus. But remember we were saying this was the nation of Israel. But, but, but of course, we know that Jesus came out of the nation of Israel. Right. But remember, it wasn't just Jesus came out of Mary. Remember, Jesus had to come out of the house of David. He had to be of the lineage of Abraham. Remember? So, so it had to come. He had to come through the generations. So... This is not just Mary popped out a son and he's the ruler. No, this, this man-child had to come through the travailing of the nation of Israel. Okay? So right. she brought forth a man-child who was to do what? To rule all the nations. Was he, is he to rule one nation, two nations, or all of them? All of them. All nations. Is there a single man on the planet that can rule all nations? No. No. He said... To rule all nations with what? A rod, a rod of, of iron. iron. We've already talked about the rod of iron. There's no possible way that this can be anybody but the Lord Jesus. So here's, here's Satan waiting to, to devour the child as soon as it's born. Right. And, of course, as we saw with Herod, he was trying his best. Right. But he failed. All right. And, so, but, and what happens? And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. When was In case Jesus? We were wondering. That's still Jesus. Right. When was Jesus called up to the throne? After, yep. Yeah. 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 
So he was called up to the throne. You'll remember Jesus went to the cross. He was crucified. He went into the grave for three days and three nights. He came back to the earth. Remember, he told Mary, Mary, don't touch me. I've not yet been glorified. In other words, he had not yet gone, applied his blood to the mercy seat. He went and he applied his blood to the mercy seat. He came back to the earth, did many miracles and infallible proofs for 40 days and 40 nights. That's in Acts chapter 1. And then is in Ephesians 4, it says that he that descended ascended. But before he did, he gave gifts unto men, giving pastors, giving the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And then he sat down where? On the throne of God. He sat on the throne of God. So, uh, so her child was caught up uh, unto God and to his throne. So when was Jesus caught up? After his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension is when he sat on the throne. So we, so we understand this is the, these four, what are we on, verse 5? These five verses are talking about from the birth, really all the way back to Abraham, all the way back to yep. Adam, yep. going technically all the way back to Adam, all the way to the time uh, that Jesus was crucified, resurrected, and ascended. We've just covered thousands of years. And in that time period, when did in, during that time period, the, the great red dragon scooped a third of the angels with his tail, and they were cast down to the earth. All right. All right. Let's keep reading. Verse 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. So that's three and a half years. Boom. All of a sudden, we're in the rapture or the tribulation. So go back to the prior verse. All right. Go back to the prior verse. Okay. Go back to six. I just saw I just saw a head tilt and go, wait. Click, wait, what? Remember the tribulation, the seven years of tribulation are divided into two three and a half year periods. For a total of seven years. For a total of seven years. A thousand two hundred and sixty days. Is three and a half years on the Jewish calendar because the Jewish calendar is 360 days, not 365 days. So all of this, so it says the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there for a thousand two hundred and three score days. So in other words, People in Israel, in Jerusalem, in that area, they fled to a place. There was a place of a provision of God. God prepared a place, made a provision for them for the first three and a half years of the tribulation. But how did we go from the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus to, bam, the seven-year tribulation? The clue is at the end of verse 5. Go back to verse 5. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Now, Israel, we know, is supposed to be God's chosen people. But because of the work of Christ, 
Who today is God's chosen people? Those that accept Jesus, the church. So where it says, and her child was caught up onto God, that means that's an indication, and it says, and to his throne, that's an indication of the rapture. That's an indi- not, only, not only is it declaring Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, listen, we understand the word of God is layered, is layered. We understand that God puts revelations and layers in his word. Have you ever read, have you ever been reading the scriptures and you go, oh yeah, I know that, but then all of a sudden you see it in a completely different light? What is that? That's a layer. That's a layer. So right here is a layer. We understand that her child, he was talking about Jesus, we understand that, but we also know that the child of God is also the church. The body of the Lord Jesus. And how much do you know? At the resurrection, at the, I'm sorry, at the rapture of the church, we're called up to the throne. Amen. Because we're all the children of Abraham going right. all the way back to right. the, the, the nation of Israel. That's right. We're all the children of Abraham. We're all We've heirs, all been we're grafted all heirs in. to the promise. We're all heirs with Jesus. And if Jesus is called up, we're called up. That's right. So we've been grafted into that family. So you can you see how he's layering this understanding in the scriptures. All right, let's go back to verse 6. All right. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath the place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. Now here's another layer to this. We know that most Jews today, the majority of Jews on the earth today, most of them do not believe that Jesus Christ is their Messiah. We know that most Jews today, when the rapture of the church goes out, when the church gets raptured, most Jews today, except for those that have believed, except for those that believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the Living God and the Messiah, mo- the rest of them, those that don't believe that, will be left behind. We know that 144,000 of the Jews will be marked as gods. We know that when the church gets raptured, some of those that get left behind, I believe I have some family in this category, they're going to, because they believe in Jesus in their head, and they've heard all of this, they, in their head, they're thinking, oh, I'm good. Or they're thinking, I'm not sure if I believe in that. But when the church gets raptured out of here, they, I believe firmly I have some family members that are going to go, oh, poop, they were right. I better get my life together. And I'm keeping it PJ for my family. For, PG? I'm just, uh, or, uh-huh. PG, PJ, PG, whatever. I'm keeping it clean for the church family. But how much do you know? And, and, and so in that moment... I believe there's going to be a whole lot of new births. I believe in that moment there's going to be a whole lot of people that are going to go, Wait, Jesus! For all of those people, the 144,000 Jews, the Jews that are going to come to Christ because of the preaching of the 144,000, and those that receive Jesus out of the Gentile population, God will have a supply for them. God will have a place prepared for them where they can get rest, where they can get protection, where they can. Now, it's not going to be easy on them, but he will have a place prepared for them. All right. So are we all good? Yes. I don't have any cows looking at new gates right now. No. Okay. All Very right. good. Verse 7. 
and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Well, wait a second, I thought all the all the all the, the, the third of the angels was already called down down to the earth. I think let's read just a little bit more. Okay. Just read read a little bit more. <laughs> read a little bit more. All right. Verse eight. And prevailed not. So they, they fought the dragon fought against Michael and his angels and prevailed not. Now wait a minute. Read that again. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and And his angels. Or and the and, dragon fought and his angels. So so not only was it Michael and God's angels, but Michael and God's angels were fighting against the dragon and his angels. His angels. Right. There you go. All right. And prevailed not. Neither was Hold there. Hold on. Do what? No. No, no, no. Let's keep reading. No. All right. And prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out unto the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, so that shows you where it was the devil that lost. Now, let me ask you a question. In our reading of, Rela- of Revelation up to this point, at any point, has the devil been called the Antichrist? No. Nope. According to the book of Revelation, there is no such thing as the Antichrist. The, the Antichrist. The only place that you see Antichrist in the Bible is where the writers are talking about people that are against Christ. Everywhere in the scriptures, from Genesis to Revelation, Satan is referred to as Satan, the devil, the thief, the dragon, the beast, the destroyer, the The serpent, the deceiver. But not one place in the scriptures is he called the Antichrist. Not one place. Why is that? Because he's not the op- he's not the evil twin of Satan. Or of Jesus. Of Jesus. I mean, <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Satan is not the evil twin of Jesus. He's not like the evil half. I've heard crazy things. I've heard people say, well, Jesus was all good because every evil thing in him was removed, and that's where Satan came from. No. 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 Satan, the deceiver, the thief, the destroyer, the beast, the dragon, the serpent, whatever name you want to call him, he is of of no relation to Jesus in any way, shape, or form. He is a spiritual being, but he was a spiritual being that was created by... Now, listen to me. Satan was a spiritual being that was created by God, but in the makeup of of, of Satan, there was some impurity in the material that corrupted him. God did not create Satan to be evil. God created Satan to be a beautiful servant of God. He was aware of it, but here's the deal. Should he not have created you simply because he well, should he have not created you simply because he knew you were going to sin? Well, James is going to sin, and he's going to sin big, so I think I'm just going to tell his mama, no, you can't have him. 
No, no, no. No. No, not at all. No, God God created you and everything in you is good. But Satan because uh, because he deceived Adam and Eve, there was something put in your DNA that corrupted you. There was something that was put in Lucifer's DNA that corrupted him, but God didn't put it there. Here's, here's the other part of, of why they, why Satan is not called the Antichrist. Because if you if you break it down to the definition of what anti is, it's the polar opposite. So if you're the polar opposite of Christ, that means you're you're op, you're totally in, in against what Christ is, but you're also equal to Christ. And Satan is not equal to Christ. Christ how could Christ be the name above all names? How could Jesus Christ be the name above all names if 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 Satan was his opposite equal? Couldn't be. He couldn't be. Couldn't be. He couldn't. is the opposite, but not equal. Satan's, Satan's name is under the name of Jesus Christ. So he's, not, he's opposite but not equal. He will never ha- have the same power as Jesus Christ. The he other, cannot. Not the Antichrist, correct. There is no the Antichrist. Correct. The other part about the Antichrist, if you think about it, it would have to be opposite and opposite but equal. How much you know, Satan does have power, but his power is not equal to Satan's or, or, to, to, or Jesus. to Jesus's. Satan does he, he is limited. Satan is not equal in his authority. Satan is not equal in his power. Satan is not equal in his dominion. Satan is not equal with Jesus in any way. Jesus is higher than Satan on every plane, in every existence. So what you need to understand is he's always referred to as Satan. That is his name. His name is the devil. His name, before he became Satan or the devil, was Lucifer. His, he is called the destroyer. He is called the thief. He is called the serpent. He's called the red dragon. He's called the accuser of the brethren. He's called the father of all lies. Uh, but but and none of those descriptive terms describe Jesus in any way, shape, or form. No. None of them do. So you have to pay, so I want you to pay attention to that. So don't quit on me, Brianna. Don't quit on me. Don't right. quit on me. Satan's power is limited to a degree, yes. Jesus is not limited no, in Jesus his power. Jesus is equal with God. So the question is, Brianna, I, if I'm following where you're thinking, because I know how you, because we talk a lot, if I'm following your thinking, is, 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 tell me if I'm wrong, but Jesus can't, Jesus, but Jesus can't just, Jump in and do something, therefore his power is limited. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Limited by humans, that's what I'm saying. So, and that's a very valid question, and that's a very valid point. So, I understand what you're saying. But but his power is only limited 
because he gave us his power. He relegated his power to us. So by relegating, Jesus relegated his power to all of mankind. Go to, hold your place right here and go, no, 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 this is a good question. <laughs> yes, it is. No, this is a very good question. a very question. good point, Brianna. Very good point. You have to understand this. Because go? go to Matthew 28. Go to Matthew 28. So here's the question. Because. So here's the deal. Say, say what you said, Derek. Correct. Correct. So here, here's the deal. Here's what you need to understand. God's power, God's power is unlimited. God's power in and of itself is not limited. God can do anything. He has the power to do anything. However, God is a God of order and law. And therefore, because God is a gentleman, and this is where, this is where the Father God, the Lord Jesus, and the Holy Spirit differ from Satan. Satan will break law if he's given the opportunity. Satan will take dominion and authority if, if people don't hold him to it. Okay? He is, he'll, he'll just take it and run with it. So it's kind of like this. If Satan can put a thought in your head, okay, and if you'll take that thought and you'll run with it, you're giving Satan to do whatever he wants to do in you and through you. He will take that authority and power. God, I got, hold on, Miss Bridget. God, on the other hand, is a perfect gentleman that follows law and he follows order. Look at Matthew right here. I want you to see this. Verse 18. Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, Here's your answer. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. How much power does Jesus have? All. All. But, let's keep reading. But, because he's, he's a God of law and order. So he has, Jesus has how much power? All of it. All of it. But, let's keep going. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And... Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Okay. Jesus, when he appeared to Reverend Kenneth E. Hagen, I believe in the vision in 1957, when, he became, when Jesus came and visited with Dad Hagen in the hospital and began to teach him about, authority, about our authority, Jesus said, no, they weren't, I'm sorry, he wasn't in the hospital. This was another vision. Uh, I believe this is when he knelt down in that kitchen. But in either case, Jesus sat down. Jesus sat with Dad, with Kenneth, Reverend Kenneth e. Hagen. I believe it was for just short of three hours, and he began to teach him about authority and power. And he said, and he told Kenneth e. Hagen because there was a demon running back and forth, yakety yak, yakety yak, yakety up, throwing up a smoke screen, and just uh, and to the point that Kenneth could not hear what Jesus was telling him. And finally, out of sheer frustration, up out of Kenneth's spirit, Kenneth said, 
stop in the name of Jesus. And that little demon, that little imp, dropped to the floor and trembled and whimpered. And then again, out of frustration of the spirit, Kenneth said, and get out of here in Jesus' name. And that little imp got up, ran off, and, and left the scene. And four times, saving time, four times Kenneth and Jesus went back and forth. And Jesus said, had you not, listen to me, had you not done something about that demon, I could not have. And, and Dad, hey, Kenneth e. Hagen, I refer him to as Dad Hagen as a spiritual father, he, he asked Jesus multiple times. He said, Jesus, I, can't, I, I, I couldn't have heard you correctly. He got even to the point, they went back and forth with this. He, he said, uh, Jesus, you didn't say that you couldn't. You meant to say that you wouldn't. And Jesus corrected him every time. And he said, no, I said I couldn't uh, unless you had done something about it. If you wouldn't have done something, I couldn't have done something about it. Well, Kenneth got so frustrated with religious thinking thought this can't be right he even tugged on his ear and shook his head thinking there was something wrong with his thinking or with his hearing and said dear lord the fourth time said dear lord jesus i there's no way i could have heard you correctly you'd meant to say that you wouldn't do anything about the devil not that you couldn't and he said that jesus of the fourth time through jesus looked at him sternly and declared, no, I said I couldn't have if you wouldn't have. Knowing that he was rebuked, he stood there in silence, and Jesus began to say, I gave all of my power and authority to my church. And if you hadn't done something about the devil, then I couldn't have done something about the devil because God is a God of law and order. And Jesus took his authority and gave it to the believers, not to just any human, but to the believers. Amen. And Jesus and Dad Hagen said to Jesus, he said, Lord, I see you plainly in front of me, but unless you can give me two or three scriptures out of the New Testament, I won't accept what you're telling me. And Jesus, he said, and this is what Dad Hagen said to Jesus. He said, because I've read the New Testament over, uh, uh, over 150 times and some portions of it more than that. And if that's in the New Testament, I surely haven't seen it. And then he said that Jesus looked at him and smiled sweetly and said, son, there's a lot in there that you don't know. Talking to Ken. So God is a God. So I'm answering your question. So God is a God of order. He has all power and he has all authority. But unless we, the believers, enforce, that. enforce unless we, the believers, use that authority, use that power, use that might, use that dominion, then Jesus will not break law and order to do something about the devil. Miss Bridget. Okay. Yes. Right. Correct. 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 
He did, so say, when we think something crazy, uh, especially if it's a thought from him, the only way he'll know if that thought that he's planted to us is, is working is by our response, by our response. So if he says, if Satan whispers in your ear, you're going to fail, and then out of your mouth you say, well, that's it, I'm just going to fail, then he knows that you've accepted that thought. That's the only way that he knows what you're actually thinking. Absolutely. Huh? God's power and Jesus' power the same? Absolutely, because they're all one and the same. Yes, in a degree, yes. In a degree, yes. No, you don't have to stop asking questions. It's a very good question. Very good question. Very good question. Well, in your faith. His, his power. This is, this is good, y'all. This helps. Jesus' power is limited. Jesus' ability. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because good people allow Satan to cause bad things to happen. That's why. So, yes. Jesus, God, Satan is the God of this world currently in the tribulation he is going to be the god of this world in full power unless the remnant stands in their power yeah in satan's full power the use of it is limited yes 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 all right let's get back to this Get back to this. These are good. Listen. Go back to Revelations. Okay. Listen. <laughs> these are good. Y'all listen to me. These are good rabbit trails. Because That's fine. These are good rabbit trails because as you begin to understand what's happening in Revelation, then you begin to understand your power and your authority and your dominion in this time period. So these are good questions. I don't mind going off in the rabbit trails if it helps you begin to understand your rule and your power. I don't mind it a bit. Yes. The authority of his power, yes. Yes. Jesus, so this is what Jackie asked for those that are online. Jesus gave us his power. However, we don't just wield that power willy-nilly like a crazy wizard. No. It's not a magic wand that you just go, oh, a boop and poof, something happens. It's not like that. You know, you can't go bippity-boppity-boop and poof, a pumpkin wagon shows up. You mean, you mean it's I can't not just, like that. You mean I can't just shake a wand and, 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 and I, get a brand, I, I get my own little world? No, it's not real? like that. <laughs> However, listen to me, the power and the authority that we have, listen to me, the power and the authority that we have is in and through Christ Jesus. You of yourself have no power no authority, no dominion. Everything that we do is in and through and by Christ Jesus. Yes. Yes. You use that power, you use that authority, you use that dominion by the words of your mouth. Dealing with... And by the name of Jesus. It's okay. Yes. Well, the magnitude of it is honestly understanding who Jesus is and how much power he has. Yes. 
you, the, how, how effective the word works for you is based off of your understanding of how much power backs up that authority. See, as, as, you, as you come to uh, know the power of Jesus, truly know it in your heart, that is your faith growing. And as your faith grows, then you can use that authority. So it's like this. It's like this. Let me teach you how to use your authority. Okay? Zach came in with hiccups. This is where I learned my authority. Okay? I understand that according to the scriptures, every name that is named, listen to me, every name that is named has no choice, but I, every, I, through Christ, I have authority over every name that is named. How much you know hiccups are a name? That means that in and through Christ, I have authority over hiccups. Now, power is that authority. The power, where does the power come from? The power comes from heaven that backs up that name. So when I use the name of Jesus on the name of hiccups, all of heaven backs up that authority. That's an awful lot of power. How do I activate the power? How do I activate the authority? I command it. So it's not Zach came through just a little while ago and in distress, he said, hiccups, go away in Jesus' name. That's not commanding. That, what that is, is that's desperation. That's not command. And I told him, I said, stop. I said, repeat after me. And I said, say it with authority just like me. I said, in the name of Jesus, hiccups, I command you to stop right now. In the name of Jesus, I command you to never return. I had, and I had him put his hand on his stomach when he did it. Why? He's making contact, and he's, he knows the name of Jesus. He knows that heaven backs it, and he's commanding. And then I looked at him, and I said, now refuse to hiccup. He's not had a single hiccup since. This is how you start training your faith. You start it on small little things. Let's talk about a stupid thought that enters your head. I'm going to do a thought, and then I'm going to turn it to you. Let's give it to a stupid thought. Give me a stupid thought. There you go. How much do you know? That's a big thought. Yup. How much do you know? That thought, you're, you're messing up. You're going to get fired now. You've messed up. You're going to get kicked out of the house you're living in. You've messed up. How do you take authority over that? How do you deal with it? How do you deal with it? Number one, does that thought, listen to me, does that thought agree with the Bible? No. Why? Because the Bible says that God will supply all of your needs. Don't you know you need that job? Don't you know that God says that he'll cause everything that you set your hand to to prosper? Are you not setting your hand to your job? So as soon as that thought comes in, number one, you identify. Does this agree with God or not? No, this does not agree with God. That means I have to take authority. 
I have to know that I have power, that all of heaven backs up the authority that I use. And number three, I have to command it. So what you do in that is you say, Satan, shut up in Jesus' name. I will. I am doing my job right because God causes everything I lay my hand to to prosper. And he causes all of my needs to be supplied according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I will not lose my job. In fact, my this business will be blessed because I work for it in Jesus' name. What did you just do? You just took authority, knowing that you have heaven backing it. How do you know you have heaven backing it? Because you have scripture, and then you command it. And if you keep standing on that, eventually Satan will say, well, that thought doesn't work. Let me go over here and give her another thought. Yes, your authority yes, lines does. up with the it word. Cannot go against the word. Okay. All you. Okay, so the authority of Jesus' name is not magic. Okay. As 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 Brianna brought up, it can't be out of line with God's word. You can't you can't ask for all the money in the bank because it's not your money. That would be stealing, and and that would not line up with God's word. You know, so you can't do that. But it, it, now. And as Robbie pointed, as Robbie pointed out, it's a good idea to start small. I mean, I can I can say out of my mouth that I that I can fly this airplane, but I've not had a lesson one, and I don't even have a clue how to turn it on. I might want to start by taking some lessons, or I might want to start with the, the a flight simulator on on a video game. So that I can, so that Randall I can learn. Randall will tell you, you will start with the bookwork. Right, start or start with the bookwork. But it, and 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 exactly right. You start with the bookwork. You start with this book, right here. You start with this book, and you and you learn what is in line with God's God's will, and and what can I do with this word that that this name that He's given me, and you and you start to build your faith in it. And yeah, you start out with something small like hiccups because if if it goes wrong, okay, I'm still hiccuping, you know. But but it, but but what if it doesn't go wrong? So then you you you've learned that you can you can command hiccups or you can command a bumblebee or you can command the rain to stop. And as 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 you start to grow in these things, your authority will grow because your the ability of you to use that authority will grow because your faith has grown. All right. Let's pause real quick. Bring up Luke 4.36. 4.36. Is what you're teaching us, Pastor Robbie, scriptural? Luke 4.36. <laughs> Luke 4.36. Well, I'm glad to get it out here. <laughs> here Jesus had commanded a de- an unclean spirit to come out of a man. And it says, and they were all amazed. And spake among and spake among themselves, saying, "What a word is this! For with what authority, authority and power, and what and power, power he does what he commands, commandeth the unclean spirits, and they what they come, come out. out. If Jesus can come, if Jesus spoke with authority and he spoke with power, listen. When you deal with your when you deal with demons." 
You've got, you can't be Millie Mouse. You can't be Minnie Mouse. You can't even be Mighty Mouse. You've got to stand up in your authority knowing, don't worry if you don't know who the mice are. It's okay. <laughs> you got to be Mighty Mouse. Okay. What you've got to do is you've got to know. Listen to me. You've got to know that the scriptures say, you don't need to know the whole scripture. All you need to know is that every name that is named must bow. Every name that is named shall bow to the name. All you need to know is that Jesus was made higher than any other name. So when you speak the name of Jesus, no matter what, listen, COVID is a name. Amen. That name is under the name of Jesus. Strep throat is Strep throat is under the name. Listen, listen, obesity is under the name. Profanity is under the name. An uncontrolled mind is under the name. Well, I just can't control my thoughts. Yes, you can. Amen. You just need to declare, I have the mind of Christ. I bring every thought into the submission and the obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have an evil thought, it's not of God. Well, well, it's an evil thought, but I don't know if it's Satan or my stupid brain. Does it matter? Either way, it doesn't equal to God. Therefore, bring it into submission. Authority and power. You've got to know that the name above all names. You've got to know that Jesus, the name of Jesus, has all authority. How can you know that? We just read it in Matthew 28. All authority has been given unto me. That's what Jesus said. And then Jesus said, now go out into the world and use my name and I'm with you. That's what he said. The scripture said, submit yourself unto God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. That means you have authority. You have authority. You have power. You have might. You have dominion. Who backs up the authority? Listen, I can go down here to the sheriff's office and and ask for a a badge and stick it on my chest. Does that badge do anything for me? No. No. But if I go through the belts class and I get all my certifications and I actually get hired, then I have a badge. And guess what? Now that badge comes with power behind it. What's the power behind it? The gun, the taser, the training, and the the, government. And the government. I'm backed by my government. Because the government's the one that gives you the authority. Right. So now that I know that I have a badge and that I have a gun, I have a taser gun, I've got the training, now am I going to go, excuse me, Mr. Thief, I'm sorry, could you please put that item back on the shelf? Or am I going to come in and I'm going to go, put it back? Oh, you don't want to put it back? Okay, you're going to jail. Why? Because I know I have authority and I know I have power. Okay. How do we get here? Oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> somebody because, yeah, somebody needed to hear it. How did we get here? We got here because, because chapter 12 is talking about the demons or Satan's power. Jesus has higher power. But in, but in, the, in the seven years, the devils and demons right now, listen to me. Listen to me. 
How much trouble does the devil give you? How much trouble does the devil give you, ladies? How much trouble does the devil give you? 90% of your troubles. How much trouble does the devil give you? Huh? Does he give you a lot of trouble, little trouble, no trouble at all? A lot of trouble. Maybe 70, 30. A lot. Listen. No, just, right, just how much trouble just, just how much trouble does the devil give you? He goes, well, Pastor, he gives me a lot. Why? Why does he give you? Listen, why does he give you trouble? Because you don't understand your authority. Or maybe you understand your authority, but you don't understand that heaven backs up that authority. Or maybe you understand that you have authority and you have power, but you refuse to command. Maybe. But see, here's what you need to understand about the seven years of tribulation. Right now, the devil is on a chain. Right now, demons are restricted in their power and their ability. Right now, there's only so much that they can bring against you at a time. Why? Because you're sealed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Right now, because all demon power is restricted. The Bible says that the devil has been put on a chain. That means that he's been restricted. There's only so much that he can do. If you stay with Jesus, if you stay with Jesus, listen to me. Because she said, won't we be gone uh, during, when, he's unre- when he's released? Oh, you mean Satan? When Satan's released? So, so let me answer that question. During the tribulation, Satan and all of the fallen angels, the demons, whatever you want to call them, will be completely unrestricted. They will be unrestricted. So, she said, won't we be gone? The only way that you're going to be gone is if you handle the devil now. Because if you don't handle the devil now, he's going to bankrupt your faith. And if your faith becomes bankrupt before Jesus returns, you're going through the tribulation. So don't take it for granted. This is why so many Christians live dirty is because the pastors have told them, you prayed the prayer of salvation, you're good, you're going out of here. That's not guaranteed. (laughs) The only way it's guaranteed is if you're a doer of the word. You want to know why this church is not full? Because nobody wants to hear it. That's why. Nobody wants to hear, wait, there's a chance I mean, I prayed the prayer, but there's a chance I might not go. Yes, there's a chance. Listen, I'm telling you, that lie is not worth the tribulation. That, that drink is not worth the tribulation. That alcohol is not worth the tribulation. That booty call is not worth going through the tribulation. Not at all. That party is not worth the tribulation. Do you think that we're not tempted? Of course we're tempted. There's plenty of times I'm redheaded by nature. There's plenty of times that I just want to release my redheaded tantrum on somebody. There's plenty of times. But I'm telling you what, releasing my head my redheaded temper anytime I want to is not worth going through the tribulation for. Amen. Therefore, I tell my body no 
no, you're not getting to say whatever you want to say. And these young people looked at me like, uh, Pastor, honey, I got news for you. You ain't seen nothing. You've seen righteous indignation. You've not seen an uncontrolled redheaded temper. I assure you, you have never seen an uncontrolled redheaded temper out of me. You've seen plenty of righteous indignation out of love. You've never seen an uncontrolled redheaded temper. He's seen an out of control redheaded temper. Not too many. She's times. seen. She's seen. Listen, my redheaded uncontrolled temper flung a heavy, I don't know, three pound crystal ashtray at his head, and I was aiming to take him out. It was marble. Whatever it was. It was big, and I was aiming to take him out. Aren't you glad I found Jesus? I'm glad she missed. (laughs) Now, where were we? (laughs) Ah, there we go. Let's look at verse 7, 8, 9, and 10. All right. Let's read it again. Let's read it again. And, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, I want you to notice, I want you to notice, the great dragon was cast out. Here's what he calls him. The great dragon, the old serpent, who is called the devil, and he's also called Satan, which deceiveth who? The whole world. The whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Go to Ephesians 6, verse 12. Hold your place right here. We're not going to finish this chapter. Yes, we are. (laughs) Ephesians 6, 12. Paul, Paul says right here in verse 12, he said, We wrestle not against what? Flesh Flesh and and blood. blood. But what do we wrestle against? Principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Spiritual wickedness in high places. In that same meeting with Reverend Kenneth E. Hagan, Kenneth Hagan asked Jesus, he said, Jesus, he said, your scripture, he said, you've talked to me about principalities. You've talked to me about powers. You've talked to me about the rulers of darkness, but you have not said anything about spiritual wickedness in high places. Jesus said, you worry about the first three, and I'll take care of the last one. Why? What is the indication? The indication is that spiritual wickedness in high places means that the devil and the fallen angels currently can go into the heavenlies. They can't go into the kingdom of heaven, but they can enter the third heaven where the kingdom of heaven is. So they can. So, they can. so go back to Revelations chapter 12. So, 
after the church is resur- after the church is resurrected, after the church is raptured, called away, after uh, two thousand two hundred and three score days, after three and a half years, it says there was a war in heaven. Michael and the angels. So during the first three and a half years, Michael and the angels, for, for those three and a half years, the indication is Michael and his angels are warring against Satan and his angels. There, for the first three and a half years, the large focus of demonic activity is in the heavenlies. There is demonic activity going on on the earth, but we also know that there's a, a period of peace on the earth where the demons aren't doing really a whole lot. There's a little bit of a period of, of reprieve in there. There's, they are doing some stuff. Honestly, I think they leave the principalities down here and the other ones go up there to fight. I don't know. But the indication is, is during those first three and a half years, Michael and the angels are fighting Satan and his angels. But right there at the three and a half mark, three and a half year mark, they're defeated. And what does it say? Follow what it says. He he was cast out in, into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So, at that three and a half year mark, Satan and his angels can no longer reach the heavenlies. They can no longer reach the heavenlies. They win the battle, over, or they lose, I'm sorry, just... Um, they lose the battle. Michael and his angels win the battle for the heavenlies. And Satan and his angels lose that battle. Which means the only ground that they have left, the only territory they have left, is the earth. How much do you know uh, Satan is beginning to realize he's fixing to lose everything? He's fixing to lose it. How much do you know if you're battling to take over heaven and earth and you just lost the battle for heaven, how much do you know it's time to regroup because if you lose the earth, it's over. And for Satan, it's, it's time to double down. Yep, it's time for him to double down. That's exactly right. So, uh, yeah, it's, he, he, he's fixing to... Right. So let's read. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength. And the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. How much do you know? Right now, every time, every time somebody messes up, Satan's knocking on the door, knocking on the gate. Right now, he's knocking on that gate going, hey, hey, they messed up. But when this battle is over, he's no longer going to be able to knock on the gates of heaven. He's no longer going to be able to stand outside of the gates of heaven and cry, this one's a sinner, this one's a sinner, this one's a sinner. Why? Because he won't be able to get there. There will be a power that he'll lose and he won't be able to get there. Verse 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. How do we overcome in this world? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Listen, when the, the devil, when the devil comes at us, all we have to say is, I plead the blood of Jesus. 
When the devil comes against you, I plead the blood of Jesus. When fear comes against you, when fear tries to grasp you, all you have to say is, I plead the blood of Jesus. I tell people all the time, the strongest prayer I know, other than praying in the Holy Ghost, the strongest prayer I know in my own language is, I plead the blood of the Lamb of God. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I plead that blood. Why? Because that blood paid every penalty. Because that blood made us white as snow. Because that blood conquered the, in, the enemy in every area. And then it says, so how do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Listen, when you're up against the wall financially, you begin to testify about all the times that God came through you financially. When you're up against the wall and you don't have the gas money, you think about all the times that God came through for the gas money. Or you think about all the times that you thought you weren't going to have money for groceries and, the, and grocery money showed up. You think about all the times you didn't have time for money for groceries and somebody came knocking on your door and sat a sack of groceries down at your doorstep. When, you, when you, you, your sickness comes knocking on your door, you begin to think about all the times that God raised you off the sickbed was you begin to remind yourself that's why i tell you right keep a journal of your testimonies so that when you feel weak when you feel dismayed when you feel down and out you begin to you begin to go back and you look at that journal and you write down every time that god gave you the victory you think about all the times i think about all the times that i commanded hiccups to go and they went i think about all the times that i commanded the rain to stop and it stopped i think about all the times i commanded the fog to lift and the fog lifted i think about all the times that i was sick and i spoke the word of god and health and healing and strength came i think about all the times that i come that i was in pain and commanded pain to go and pain went i think about all the times that God sent me to pray for somebody on their deathbed and he raised him off the deathbed I think about those things our office is full of faith both offices are full of, of notes and, and, and records of testimonies why? Because it builds us up. That's how we overcome. Amen. Every time God does something for you, no matter how little it is, you need to record it in your victory journal. Amen. You need a victory journal. You need to write down even the little things. You need to write down when... Well, my tire was low, but it didn't go flat. Amen. It was an angel that secured that tire for you. You take your car to the mechanic shop, and they say... How did you get here? This thing's about to fall apart. We we took our car one time to the mechanic and said, this this particular thing's not working anymore. And Ray got in there and looked at it, and he pulled it out, and he said, how did this car not catch on fire? I said, the angels of God and the blood Amen. of Jesus. The angels of God and the blood of Jesus. No, he said, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Listen, you've got to have that victory journal because that's what's going to put you over every time. Glory to God. we got to finish this chapter. <laughs> no, we don't have to. Yeah, we do. Uh, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Sounds good, right? Sounds good. Woo! Sounds good. Ah, but come on. All right. It's about to get rough. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he has but a short time. Now I want you to notice he said, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. Do you think Jesus was warning the fish? No. No. Or, or under in a submarine. 
Listen. Anytime you see seas or waters in the Bible, especially when you're dealing with prophecies and revelations and things like that, it's talking about people. So when he said, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, that's talking about those that are in the earth. That means those believers that are in the earth, woe unto you. When it talks about the seas, it's talking about the people that are, that are embracing the world. That's what it's talking about. So he's telling them, he's saying, listen, whether you believe in Jesus or not, brace yourself. Get ready. It's about to get rough. Why is it about to get rough? For the devil has come where? Down. He's come down. In other words, he's not just in the spirit realm anymore. He's not operating outside of the natural realm anymore. He has come down onto the people of the earth, the people of the world, having great wrath. Wrath is an anger that causes you to act and respond. Uh, wrath is, is when somebody gets... Listen, um, have, you ever had, have you ever contended with road rage? Somebody trying to run you off the road and kill you? That's wrath. That's a degree of wrath. But Satan who has great spiritual power, and he has great hatred for God, and he has great hatred for the children of God, which is mankind, he's coming with great wrath. Why? Because he knows. Now that he can, now that he can no longer get into the high places of heaven, he knows his time is very short. He knows he's running out of time. He's not going to have a rule and reign much longer. And he's basically, like Pastor Mike said, he's doubling down. And he's going to take as many people with him into his kingdom as he possibly can. So you thought the first three and a half years was rough? Hold on to your buckets. You're about to lose it. And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Who is that? Israel. Israel. The nation of Israel. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness into her place, where she is nourished for a time, and times and half a time, from the face of the serpent. Now, this right here, some people believe that there is a mid-tribulation rapture. Some people believe that partway through the tribulation, there's going to be a second rapture where those that have received Christ since the church was raptured will be raptured again. Is that true? Maybe. We don't know. It's not clear. Personally, I don't think so. My personal opinion. I wouldn't count on it. I wouldn't count on it. But what it does tell us for sure is that there will be some type of rest. There will be some type of provision there will be some type of rescue available to those that have received Jesus in these last three and a half years. Because it says that there was provision for time and time and time and a half. Uh, so that is uh, for time and times, times and a half. So that's the indication that during these three and a half years, there's some type of rescue, there's some type of rest, there's some type of provision for those 
that have received Jesus during the tribulation. Correct. It could be a supernatural protection. It very well could be. All right. Verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Now remember, again, anytime you see water or waters or flood in this type of situation, it's talking about people. So Satan, out of his mouth, is going to cause a great demonic influence of people. And they're going to, they're going to, it's going to be like a flood of demonic influence throughout the people to try to take them down. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened up her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. We do know that at some point, it, this could be another earthquake. This could be, this could be a type and shadow of the end. Uh, we're not sure. We don't know. But somehow, someway, there is a help. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. Which, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So at this point, it's, 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 so first, there's going to be this flood that's going to try to take as many people as they can. Flood of people. Uh, he's going to try to, he's going to, he's going to flood these people with demonic influence and try to get them to come in. Uh, and a, a bunch of them will, but not all of them will. So not only is he, but at some point, he's going to turn his attention to those that are undecided and he's going to turn his attention solely on the Christians in Israel. So at the very end, uh, he's, he, Satan's coming after the, after the believers. And he's coming hardcore to get them to, uh, to denounce God, to denounce Jesus. Uh, the torture will be unbelievable. The persecution will be beyond what we can imagine. Um, and it's all to get people to denounce Jesus. Now, let me say this. God is a judge of the heart. God is a judge of the heart. And you can come under such physical pressure that you'll say or do anything to make the pressure stop, and it's all from a mental place, but your heart can still be true to God. So the only people that will turn, but so God will, so when people are denouncing Jesus, God's going to be looking at their heart, and that's what Satan's going to be trying to change is the heart. But God's going to be looking at the heart. So there will be cases where people will denounce Jesus just verbally, just, just to get the pressure off, um, but their heart will be true to God. Uh, however, if you're here, I don't recommend you take that route. <laughs> I recommend because Jesus said, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before the Father. So I would just hold on, let him go ahead and torture you, and, and just trust that God's going to help you in the end. Um, so, it's gonna, so, so it gets very real. In chapter 13, I thought we might get there tonight, but that's okay. Um, in chapter 13, in chapter 13 uh, we're going to see how, um, we're going to see how the beast, and how uh, the dragon actually actually uh, begin to manifest through people, and how that works in chapter 13. Uh, will that be this coming Wednesday? Well, no, because we'll be at camp. 
will be at camp. Uh, uh, and I will, we will let you know on Sunday how we're going to work next Wednesday uh, because about, I don't know, several of us will not be here, but some of us will be here, and I don't want to leave those here without a word. Uh, so we'll figure it out, and we'll let you know on Sunday how we're going to handle that. So on that note, tithes and offerings, you want to bless? Yep. All right. Well, Lord, we thank you very much for your word tonight. We thank you for re revealing yourself to us and helping us to become closer to you, Lord. We know that your word falls on good ground because we have receptive hearts and minds and spirits. And Lord, we will meditate on this word throughout the week and get it deep down on the inside of us so that it grows and bears fruit in our lives, the lives of those we come in contact Thank with. You, Lord, we just love you and we want to see your work done here on earth as it is in heaven. Therefore, we give into your kingdom. We give because you gave so much more and, 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 and first while we were still unlovable, Lord. But, but, we want, but we love you, and we want to see your work done, so we give into your kingdom, and we give generously and with a grateful heart. And, Lord, we just love you, and we ask that you bless this offering, that it goes further than we could ever ask, hope, or think, and that you bless us in return so that we can be an even bigger blessing to, to you and to the church and to those that we come in contact with. Lord, we want to do your work in this world, and we will set our minds to doing that on a daily basis. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. Thank Amen. you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you that the devil's been rebuked, the angels have been commissioned, and that increase comes to every person, that your word is true, your word is working, and we thank you for increase in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. There's my envelope. There's my online. Did it beep? It didn't beep. Y'all didn't get to hear it, but it went, oh, there's my praise the Lord. You can serve the people. What did you do